G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who will bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and today I'm joined by Jake from Hat Chat. How you going, mate? Mate, fantastic. Thanks again for the uh, nice warm welcome to Studio Hef. <laughs> no problems, mate. It's good to have you back. Uh, thanks for coming back and helping us out with uh, an episode. I do actually have um, Dossie lined up for this week, but uh, he forgot he had his uh, social basketball grand final or something tonight. So, yeah, yeah, right. I mean, they, the boys they call me not DOS. Yes, uh, yeah. It seems like a fitting replacement, mate. <laughs> oh, good. So, yeah, that's not to say that you aren't up to DOS's standards. I've just had to shuffle a few things around, a few weeks around. So, all good. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, thankful for you to coming on, though. That's for sure. Uh, how's your weekend? How'd your uh, Keeper League teams go? Keeper League teams, two wins and a loss. So, yep. not too bad. Unfortunately, the one that I'm happiest with is the one that copped the loss. So, yep. I mean, somewhat ironic, but uh, <laughs> there's positives all around, I suppose. If the team's looking good, uh, hopefully that one bounces back over the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my team's actually, this is probably the first time it's ever happened in my fantasy career where I've run, won every classic game, every draft game, every keeper league game. So, Mate, I've never done that before. Uh, I'm glad you've had me on this week where I've copped <laughs> a few losses in classic. I'm glad I'm on this one this week because uh, my classic side's not looking good. So, we'll keep we'll keep the positives about the keeper side. Yeah, the, uh, the best thing about the keeper league side is I beat Kays this week. Mate. He was a runner-up last year. But the classic, I've jumped up to... F- 4,100 or something like that after last week as well. So, not too bad there. Having having um, Oliver and Laird in your side definitely helps. Mate, that's a great <laughs> rank. I've, I've been noticing within a, a couple of leagues with a, a few of the other podcast guys and uh, no one's doing particularly well this year, nah. which says a lot. I, yeah. I'm really intrigued about how the next few weeks are going to pan out in the classic space. Yeah, but. it is very interesting. You're right. But uh, anyway, we'll get stuck into the show. Before we do that, though, I just want to mention that this show, uh, podcast is brought to you by Game Day Squad. Uh, create, coach, compete in fantasy footy. Um, basically, it's modern take uh, on the old school approach of buying physical trading cards um, with the excitement of uh, opening packs to see what you get. But yeah, you use the cards to make your team instead of selecting players from a player pool, essentially. Um, you get free packs each week for opening up, sorry, just for logging in, you can open up free packs and uh, each card is kind of, well, there's different types of cards you can get really that kind of add to the uh, fantasy experience like and multipliers and things like that that make them a bit more valuable than others. Have you um, have you jumped on yet? I haven't jumped on yet. I know that we've been talking about it for weeks. It's yeah, been yeah. this time time sensitive thing, but I am so keen. It is exactly <laughs> the kind of thing that I'm into. I just have to make it happen, mate. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, if you yeah, if you love cards or if you like uh, you know, FIFA Ultimate Team, all that sort of stuff as well. Into both of those things. I know but, you're a soccer player, mate. That is exactly right. Me and Sanch <laughs> in the in the footy off season. Yeah, uh, it's it's FIFA Ultimate Team season. I tell yeah. you what. So I yeah. may or may not have been playing just before you uh, turned up for you you today. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. If you're keen to check out Game Day Squad, uh, head to gamedaysquad.com. Are you create, coach, and compete in fantasy footy? Uh, it's fun. It's free. It's easy. Jump on board. Anyways, uh, if you listened last week, uh, we've kind of restructured the show a little bit. Not going through every game, you know, for the fine tooth comb, trying to find every little bit of detail. Kind of just talking about the most relevant players for the weeks that kind of fit into certain characters. Uh, you know, categories and things like that. So the first thing we talk about is um, basically breakout tracking. So some of the kind of uh, earlier, earlier career players or players that are yet to kind of have a proper breakout in AFL fantasy. Um, and yeah, guys that we think that are on the rise to do so. So without further ado, um, I think we may be close to calling this guy too good for the podcast. Let's- I was going to say the same thing. I saw it on the list and I went, I don't know that you can talk about it. Maybe one more week. Will Satterfield, 130 points this week. Um, he's had Hawthorne and Gold Coast, though. So that's the kind of drawback. But we all know the type of player he is this year. He's playing that tough inside role, the taller mid that kind of everyone wants on their side. He's Essendon's version. Um, 
had nine tackles and a goal on the weekend to kind of help his score as well. What's your take on Setterfield season? Oh, look, I think uh, I'd be lying if I said I didn't say in January that I was really excited about the trade. I thought that was going to be something that Essendon really needed. To the extent that they've needed him, I have been surprised. I don't think anyone foresaw a 120, 130 kind of start to the year, but uh, he just looks good. He looks like that fits in perfectly. We saw that in the right role at Carlton, he could be this player. Yeah, absolutely. But for him to jump ahead of Shield already in the CBAs, I think that's been the biggest surprise. Yeah, so. definitely. Well, I, that's what I figured. Like, because that inside role probably was Shields before, but because he's got that bit of extra height, um, yeah, he kind of makes him kind of the preferred candidate, I think. Plus, coming to a new club, you just play your, out of your skin, I think, trying to fit in as well. I'm um, doing everything to fit into that Essence system. Not a tough side to crack after oh. last year, but <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. But yeah, I think uh, I think second uh, equals high CBAs with merit this week, and, and yep. clear gap to power. And another clear gap down to Shield at three, uh, at four. He, he's he's got to be in most of your classic sides, and uh, you'd be pretty happy right now because I don't think anyone would have overpaid at this stage for Setterfield in the off season for nah. the keeper side of things. Took him the first round of the redraft, so like pick. Uh, 18, 19 around that kind of range. Um, pretty bloody happy with it at the moment. Laughing. Clearly the best pick of the first round in the, in the draft so far. So that's it. Happy with it. Um, we'll move on to Lockie Scholl. Now a couple of years ago he was a bit of a, a bit of a touted as a breakout kind of star type thing. Um, but yeah, kind of faded away last year. His ball use on, we all know isn't great. And that probably kept him out of the side. Um, but he had 110 points on the weekend. And he was definitely playing that outside runner role on the wing. Um, and his disposal efficiency, his efficiency wasn't actually that bad in this game. He just messed up a few times in crucial spots later in the game when the game was probably on the line, <laughs> that's all. Um, I think Crows like playing fast this season. I think that's the thing with the two new or two younger midfielders going in there that are kind of forwards um, in uh, Rochelle and Rankin kind of playing through there. Um, I think he complements them kind of with that speed kind of well on the outside. Um, I think he's kind of better than Haitley or Miller or anyone like that kind of running on the wings as well. So, and then they play, but they do play Sloan, Schoenberg, Sligo's on there as well. Mitch Hinge kind of plays there. Where do you do you see Shell fitting in? This is a hard one. I've actually brought him in really late in a redraft this year. I think yeah. probably it was a pick in the three hundreds. Effectively, uh, pretty stoked. Although yeah. he was on the bench this week, which was a bit of a shame. Couldn't loop the E on. Um, I just yeah, the best twenty two is the only question. I think there's no doubt when he plays, he's a fantasy scorer. Uh, the the CBA rotation, as you've already mentioned, I think they had nine or ten through the CBAs, although. I think Dawson had one CBA yeah. for whatever reason. Uh, it's just a really interesting fit. I, I personally like seeing Scholl in that side better. I think they played a lot better this week yeah. um, against Richmond too. And considering the youth that they've brought in, I think you'd rather be playing guys that are complimentary. So I'd like to think he gets a few more weeks after that performance. Yeah, at I minimum. think so too. Yeah. And um, fingers crossed he can solidify that role. Yeah, so many guys that can run on that wing for the Crows, that's the issue. But yeah, wait and see. Like I said, if his disposal efficiency is looking a little bit better or that they're kind of they're valuing speed over kind of efficiency, I guess. Um, that might be a bit of a key for Scholl staying in the side, Great. I guess. Uh, Matthew Flynn, 110 points. He's scoring really well as a solo ruck. Apparently, though, Proust is only two weeks away. So, with Easter weekend, he might play twos first. I'm not sure. So, maybe three. But what's your thoughts? I think we can get Flynn in for at least eight to ten weeks between suspensions and injuries. <laughs> That's and true. Yeah, I'd say. I'd say, look, he's the kind of guy you'd want to cuff at a minimum because you know that you're going to be getting – if you've got Prusy, you're going to yeah. want Flynn on your bench. Um the role is great. He does look good as a solo rucker. We saw that last year. Mind you, yesterday up against Bailey Williams, yeah, still exactly. no Nick Nat. So I wouldn't be relying on that performance to say that's the kind of scores you're going to get week in, week yeah. out. But he was he, decent against Rob the week before, though. He was. He but was. Yeah, you're right. Definitely 
the gap in class yesterday. Yeah, exactly right. So I think he's the kind of guy that, again, he's not going to be R1. He's not going to be best 22 when Bruce is in the side. You don't, I don't think there's any I, chance? I don't think they're going to go the don't think they'll play two, no. I don't think they will. I, I just don't think either of them is good enough in another role in the side. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. I think you can't play them both purely because who's going to play forward? Yeah. Uh, it's it's just one of those awkward ones. So, so Bruce, do you reckon, still on top in, in the ruck department? I think he is. Yeah, same. I do wonder, though, just, just with, with uh, Pipes Kingsley, uh, yeah, if, exactly. he, if he goes... I'm sick of Bruce coming in and out of the side. Exactly, he wants stability and that yeah. sort of stuff. I think Flynn is that guy, but he's not there just yet. He's 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 worth. He's obviously worth rostering. It's just how deep. Um, you certainly wouldn't want to be bringing him in ahead of someone who does have the security of a, an R1 role. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. Yeah, I think they got Bruce in for a reason last season. They want to deploy him. They just haven't been able to. Yep. I think they'll have a fair crack at him later on. Yep. Uh, Jesse Hogan had 102 points, kicked three goals. Um, he's a presence up forward and can score on his day. I don't think we need to talk too much more about him. He's going to be up and down, but um, he's a class player when he's got, in his head's in the right spot and he's kind of fit and firing. So Yesterday was the best game I think I've seen him play in a long time. Yep. My biggest flag on that is GWS looked awful again. <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles, who in themselves aren't particularly a great side. So, how yeah. much ball is their forward line going to get? But yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, we'll move on to uh, Mason Wood, uh, 101 points. Um, did you watch this game? It was against the Dogs, wasn't it? So <laughs> we won't talk too much. We're about not the dogs allowed to well. talk about this game. That was the one request I had. <laughs> uh, what was his role in? The, I'm just going to ignore that. <laughs> what, what, what was his role in this game? Was he forward? Was he wing? What's the go? It's both. I think yeah. at the same time, I see him playing that wing a lot of the time, but then yeah. he steps into that forward line. I, I can't quite pick who the rotation is when he steps out of that half forward. Yeah, um, I can't see who's coming out, and that's when they move him in as that tall body at this stage. I've seen like Ben Patton coming up from defence into the wing and stuff like that. So maybe they rotate that way. I'm not yeah, really sure. I feel like he must go into the forward line when one of their guys comes off, especially with yeah. you know the struggles that they've got in that department. Mind yeah. you, Caminiti and Filippo, some of the younger guys yeah, that yeah. are stepping up, they might not need that. It just... It's the principle of him having this wing role. Yeah. In my head, how can a winger genuinely average 100? But we saw him do it for the end of last year, and we've yeah. seen it at the practice games, and we've seen it two weeks into this season Look, again. Carl Amon did it like a couple of years ago, averaged yeah. 100 playing purely as a wing, so it is possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's. Uh, I think I think he's the goods anyway, like wherever he plays. does he? Is he playing enough forward to get forward status? Is that the <sighs> thing? I think right now probably a bit fringe. Yeah, I think he's yeah. probably one of the guys that you'd have to at least consider. But he started this year as a mid only, and yeah. that suggests to me that that's probably where they that yeah, would have been based on, on last year. I don't yeah. see a massive change, although the simple fact is they're so short in the forwards to start of this year that yeah, they might just get that little bit more just to tick it over early on. I don't think he'll keep it going into next year though. For for those guys, you, you couldn't make that play. Yeah, hopefully though. Fingers crossed for the owners <laughs> out there. That he does get it. Uh, probably only needs a thirty five percent starting at centre bounces, so yep. hopefully he gets close. Uh, Liam Baker had 100 points, so it was just good to see him bounce back. Uh, friendly game for halfbacks, though. Lots of one-twos and then, like, you know, distribute get the long handball out for the kick and stuff like that, and they're all kind of linking up pretty well. He's a player that always kind of looks the goods, but will do 100 the one week and then 50 the next. Having that back forward status, though, makes him pretty handy. That's kind of why I've thrown him in there. Yeah, agreed. I missed this game, but uh, having seen last week, I saw the opposite, which was the ironic thing. Yeah, And that's exactly. probably the exact thing you'd expect <laughs> from, from fully a Baker owners. But defender forward, I don't know about you, but for me, that bumps him up a few rounds. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Just as a player. Yeah. And, and I think he probably keeps that again this year because that role will be quite flexible, I would suggest. Yeah, throughout the year for sure. Mm. Now, Liam Stocker, uh, another one in your game that you don't want to talk about. But uh, we're only talking about Saints, so it's probably not as, you know, does it hurt as much? I don't know. He had 98 points. Um, 
he's always played the right role for fantasy and like that kind of halfback defender. Like he doesn't really lock down. He kind of tries to accumulate. Try is the operative word there. But um, how did you rate his game? Uh, if I am honest, uh, I was very hot on him last week and I was very close to bringing him in my classic side. The yep. boys roasted me very hard oh, in the cheap, group chat. So uh, at four, 440k, yeah, not bad, not a bad. bit cheaper. Yep. He was one of those awkward ones. Any cheaper, you definitely bring him in, but he's a bit, bit too expensive. Um, and I've really liked it. I, I didn't know that if I looked at the start of the season, I didn't know that I'd see him as a best 22. And yeah. maybe he's only really getting that crack due to these injuries, but he deserves that spot right now. And I think Ross the boss is going to be a big fan of the way that he plays. Obviously quite slow, meticulous. Yeah. Um, the, I, I'm really excited about it. I, I think he's probably still cheap enough for, for you to be a, getting a, yeah. a decent trade value out of. I think stage. he went so late in our draft, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was undrafted in some leagues. Like people yeah. might have even forgotten he was even listed again. He's know, on after. two two waivers in my leagues, yeah. uh, and again without free agency in a couple of them, it's going to be how early does he go in the mid season? Yeah. I would suggest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, Will Day, I'm still regretting <laughs> trading him to K's in our league, but. I think it was at half time of this game. I think he's on about 60 odd or something like that. Yeah. I got a message from Sanch uh, from Hatchat. Okay. What did he say? <laughs> something about uh, please replay the clip that I said of Will Day in the preseason <laughs> over and over again or something like that. Feel free to run it as many times as you want, type thing. Now, he, I think he only finished on 92 he in did. the end. So I think Sanch kind of jinxed him a bit because he probably only got 30 or more points in the game. But, you know, he's, he's scoring so well at the moment, playing that beautiful role for fantasy. Again, one that I'm really regretting trading. Um, well, last week I didn't mind so much because I traded him for Daniel Rich, who scored all right. But then there was just no kick ins for Daniel Rich to take this week, which means no. No score, which uh, didn't really go out too well. Will Day, what's your take though? Uh, well, a big increase in CBAs this week. Last week was a bit more outside time. This yeah. week, I think second in CBAs for the Hawks, yeah. which is a big increase. Uh, obviously, he's playing in a struggling side, so I've got some concerns in the big picture. But the fact that he did it at the SCG this week, it yeah. really oh, that really impressed me. I think the major concern with a defender only who's playing full midfield time is, is he going to score enough to make your side next year to be a keeper next year? Which I think he will. Yeah, he needs that. Yeah. It's a little bit of a flag. I think he's a gun this year. There's no doubt. As a mid-only, you're probably on the 85 to 90 range. I think he gets close to that. Yep. So, yeah, yep. not far off. Um, we'll keep on the Hawthorne trend here. Lockie Bramble, 90 points. He was really good running off that halfback flank. He's keeping Jack Scrimshaw out of the side at the moment. I think um, Sicily and Scrimshaw are probably two similar types of players, and they probably don't need an extra run with Blank back there and uh, Frost as well. Um, so, yeah, that kind of running halfback flank, it looks to be Lockie Bramble's role at the moment. Given that they're losing every game by a fair amount, they might try something different this week. Who knows? But he provides that runoff halfback. Uh, any thoughts on Bramble? Uh, I think that the move for Day out of the defence kind of gives a bit more of an opportunity yeah, true. to yeah. him. So I think it's kind of a win-win in those kind of kind of situations. I can't yeah. imagine too many would have the ownership of both. So yeah. you'd, you'd be I think Kays does actually in our league. Kays so, does, yeah, gosh. Yeah. Oh, should have been back on this week, mate. It yeah, yeah. like, sounds like it's all his players. But, no worry, um, I beat Kays, so it's fine. I was going to say, he, he probably <laughs> heard, he knew that you'd, you'd, uh, you were going to beat him. And yeah, he just yeah. went, no, I can't make this. Exactly. Week, but yeah. yeah, I think it's a win-win as long as Will Day holds that role, which I think he he does at this stage. Then there's a big upside for Bramble as well. Funnily enough, the next guy is also one of Kays's players, uh, Daniel Rioli. So um, 87 points. He's just turned into that main distributor off halfback. He's kind of what we thought Short was going to be mm. um, for many many years. It feels like they like Rioli a bit more in that role. Um, they like using him by foot. I noticed they like they tend to go to him to kind of dish the kick out from halfback. Like when the, you know the link up chains I was talking about before with Baker, he was a lot of the time the guy who ended up distributing it. Um, 
I think I have to make him too good for the podcast. He's getting to that point. He's very much, uh, I was going to talk about him tonight on our classic podcast because I think he's getting close to a premium. Yeah. Uh, he definitely, I think the difference between him and Short, Short's got a longer kick, but I think Rioli's a more accurate kick. Sometimes yeah. you see you see Short with that really trademark kind of swing out into the left yeah, brain, yeah. super Smack wide it. leg. And yeah. Whereas Rioli is just a lot more efficient. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's going to be the way that Richmond are going to continue to move this year. What do you think of him in terms of ceiling? We kind of saw it last week. I think he turned up. Do we think we could see that more regularly? I think matchup dependent, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I think you're really interested as well with kickouts and, and whatnot, kick-ins, I should say. Yeah. Uh, that there's definitely the opportunity for. I, I'm actually going going the opposite. I just we've seen the floor from him a lot more uh, in the previous seasons. Yeah. I'm not worried about that floor anymore, which means those odd ceiling games yeah, are just going like to bump take. his average up yeah, really no, nicely. I like that take. I think he's got a pretty high floor these days, so yeah, shouldn't be too much to worry about. Uh, Josh Rochelle, 85 points. He's just just a classy player, really. He was up forward with stints through the middle. Just some of those, I think, goals late where he just kind of slotted them with so much confidence. Um and then seeing that little bit of midfield time as well, just kind of adding that X factor in. He's tracking super nicely in his second year. Next year, I think we still might see a low at some stage this year, just given he's a second-year player. Might have to stick him forward because seeing some of those classy finishes, like they might need him to you know, get him out of some tough spots. Um, but I think going into next year, keep forward status, have a real breakout year. Who knows? The breakout might happen this year, but... I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to be a gun yeah. regardless. I remember watching him last year and thinking to myself, gosh, you'd be pretty happy to have drafted him at this stage. And yeah. I mean, the, the interesting part for the Crows is when they're struggling to get the ball forward, you almost want to inject a player like that, him or Rankin, to get their hands on the ball and make something happen. Yeah, fair. It's hard when they're going to get stuck forward because they also need goals out of them too yeah, as true. to what that means. But you're spot on. There's no way he loses forward status. Yeah. Uh, and just that injection through the midfield gets him that extra 20 points that another forward might not get you. So um, second-year player, a lot of time in him. I think his value's got to be pretty high at the moment. 100%. Uh, Jake Saligo is the next one, staying on the Crows trend there. Um, 86 points. He split his time between the half forward and a little bit of time on the wing. Um, I can just watch that in case he gets forward status because he's a player that probably won't happen this year, but I think they want to get him, make him an inside player eventually um, but he spends he spent a fair bit of time on the wing at least so just watch what happens there in terms of his um, uh, starting positions because that's what it's really all comes down to if he starts up forward more often than he doesn't could get that forward status could yeah. be a pretty handy contributor I think uh, very similar to Rochelle not as a player but just super exciting super yeah. young great to see in the side last year and he's just going to go stride stride for stride from here on out I would have thought yeah just development through the roof uh, mm. for the next few years for sure uh, we'll talk about Lloyd Meek um, he had 83 points now this kind of pains me to say, but Reeves was subbed out halfway through the game. So there's been a lot of debate over who's the number one ruck. It's never really been about who's the number one fantasy scorer. It's just who's more likely to kind of be the first guy at the center bounces. Because um, we pro- we're probably all in agreement. So that between Reeves and Meek, they're both going to be terrible if they're playing at the same time. <laughs> but uh, Meek's probably got a few more tricks to his, um, you know, to his kit bag. I reckon really. Um, and that yeah, Reeves was uh, sorry, Meek does sorry. And then um, Reeves was subbed out halfway through the game. So this left Meek to kind of basically play the number one ruck. Um, hopefully, if it just continues for one of them, like hopefully one of them just becomes like sole number one ruck. And, uh, and it might be better for Hawthorne to bring in another runner or something like that instead of playing two kind of lumbering tools. Um, yeah, so we could just keep your eyes on Meek is all I'm saying for the next few weeks. If he gets that number one role, he's better around the ground. Like he moves pretty well than, um, than better than Reeves does. Um, and if he can kind of get out the forward line and actually kind of use that around the ground, I think he could be a good fantasy scorer. But yeah, it's just going to be dependent on selection really and who plays with him. They're the guys that are just, uh, they think they're both watchers for a, kind of the next almost season. You know, if you start to see two, three weeks of them putting together, obviously the hard part about this is you want to be jumping on before that stage, but I just don't think you can have any commitment that either of them is going to be taking over on a consistent basis. But 
the struggling Hawthorne are going to have to make some changes and, and that looks good for me at least at this stage. Yeah, yeah. It's just good to see them play, try something different as That's well right. and just play one ruck and see how it goes. And, it, you know, whilst they did get smashed, it was probably good for the individual anyway. It would be nice for me to have roast Sanch this week, but my boys, like, as, we, <laughs> as, much as we're going to keep after mentioning at some yeah. point, we're just as bad. And so. as a Port Sport, I haven't mentioned a Port, sport, a port player yet, so I don't even know if I've got one in the dock. So. I, reckon, I reckon we've got one, if, I, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm got any good memory. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, James Warple's the next one, um, staying on Hawthorne. 82 points, just good to see him go 80 plus again against a good opposition this week um, that's more what I was worried about like we might have been Essendon might have been a bit easier to score against those guys um, but yeah to do it against Sydney I think is good science for him he's got that role and it was kind of just good to see him and Newcomb actually score in the same side this week I, was, I thought it might affect one of them um, but it kind of proved that they can score um, go like you know work in tandem and score pretty well together so I don't see him with a huge ceiling like the days of old but I think he can be good for an 80 plus mate you took the words right out of my mouth yeah, I think yeah. he's exactly that it's that 75 85 yeah. super consistent Probably your M6, M7 last yeah. line. He's always going to be around the footy, which will help him. Yeah. Um, it's just that he's not going to get a lot of those cheap kind of possessions that he probably used to get. It's just going to be more just banging on the boot, first hands to it. Won't take a lot of marks and kick it forward type thing. Agreed. Just safe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Charlie Constable, he had 81 points and he did it again really after backing up, you know, a good round one uh, performance. There was a lot of knock on his disposal last week. He was a bit better this week. I think he was close to the 80% in his disposal efficiency. But can it continue? So, Kay's put out a tweet last week that, he was gone as soon as Weller was back. Yeah. Weller was back this week. He didn't go out. Yeah. <laughs> so, but Powell, uh, Will Powell's back in probably next week as well. McPherson's playing off halfback. Can they play all these players back there or do you think one makes way? I have been pretty hot on the podcast that I think Constable's the one that holds. They've they've obviously trusted him. To trust him with the kick-ins and to really well take yeah, all of them round one that says that they rate him. Obviously, his kicking efficiency has been worked on in the week because yeah. it couldn't have gotten any worse. <laughs> it was and wet and slippery the week before as well. So We'll, we'll give him the yeah, break. Yeah. Um, and look, he's definitely in a couple of my keeper sides as well. So maybe it's a little bit of uh, hit and hope. But yeah. I think Bodie Uland, uh, Urban from the Hatchat podcast is his, his boy. I don't know why. I think Bodie he just, likes, I think he just yeah. likes the name. Fair enough. Uh, but he struggled this week, really yeah. low really low disposal count. Yeah. And I think there might be a shuffle back there. Yeah. But uh, Constable was still second in kick-ins. I think Long and McPherson also had them as well, but yeah, behind okay. Weller. So I think Bodie moves on for power. Uh, yeah. um, McPherson's and actually a player that can play multiple roles as well, so you might be worried if you're a McPherson owner. Continue. He was a bit lower on output this week as well. That's it. Not saying he's going to get dropped, but he could go forward or go on a wing or something Agreed. like that as but well. But I think so. Constable's pretty safe right now, especially yeah. with the improvement this week. Yeah, I think so too. It's Yes, that, that kicking was a lot better this week. Um, Tom DeConing, uh, 79 points. Um, it's just good to see his progression as a Ruttman, but I think the key takeaway this week was everyone was worried how he's going to go with Pitnet back in the side, rucking in tandem. He actually scored better this week as a dual ruck than he did as a solo ruck last week. So that was an interesting um, take out of that one. Was playing, who are they up against Geelong this week? So no real notable Ruckman there no. to go I against. I think Stanley went out of the game, but late. So yeah, it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't particularly early. And I, I, like, to be fair, like I put Blitzards and like, Stanley like they're just as good as each other in the ruck anyway, really. Like I think so. Anyway. Jeremy Cameron took the last CBA just for <laughs> shits and gigs. Just for shits and gigs after that <laughs> yeah. score that he put up. And I guess if you just look at Tom DeConing Nank the week before, yeah. he's going to struggle against the big bulky yeah, ruckman. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt about that. He's just he's a great ruck. He's just a bit slider of build in a similar way to Timmy English. But yeah. I think very good around the ground though. Every yeah. year he is progressing. Yeah. Uh, I, I was surprised to see Pitnett come back in. Uh, I would have thought you would have played Pitnett against someone like a Nank yeah. and not the flip side. Maybe it's so that's somewhere they thought they could get an upper hand with only Stanley and Blitzarves. Potentially, yeah, potentially. Yeah. Um, Jack Bowes in that same game had 77 points. It was his first game for the Cats. He was in defence 
and then kind of went forward, I think, a bit later. And then Spence, I don't know, I don't think he had any CBAs, but it felt like he was in the midfield. Maybe he was just working between the arcs um, a fair bit. But, like, he floats around a bit, and I think it kind of just stifles his scoring a bit. Like, especially when he just kind of gets moved out of defense, he gets a bit lost, I think. So. It's, he's been an interesting guy just because I think he's been too expensive in the classic space. So we yeah. haven't given him much love besides yeah. the fact he didn't play round one. I think he took three kick-ins. So he's yeah. definitely getting, you know, first game in the side and they're giving him the kick-in duties. They yeah. obviously uh, are a big fan. Yeah. But there's just no consistency in that role just right now. Yeah. I think he's definitely someone that he's going to score no matter where he plays, but that ceiling or, or the average could be anywhere in the mid-60s all the way up to your potential 80s, 90s. Yeah. And I just don't think there's enough data to, to read into at this stage. Yeah. I think in the keeper league space and the draft space, he's going to be a handy one to own. Mm. But yeah, I just don't know if there's going to be huge ceiling scores there. Great. That's all. Uh, Darcy Fogarty, um, he had 77 points as well. He just looks like a player who's just so close to breaking out, just not quite getting there. I think he needs Tex to retire so he can be yeah. the number one target in there. So I reckon next year, Tex in his last year, his contract, you figure he'll go next year. I think, yeah, he is going to be the number one guy next year and everything's just going to be channeled through him. So if I'm looking ahead, like if you need some forward depth, he's probably someone I'm looking to trade in a bit cheaper this year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I, I I don't want to I don't want to throw too much shade. I, I've always called him Darcy Floggerty because I just think he's a he is just a flog. From, I remember his first couple of games oh, yeah, and he's no. he's just throwing his weight around. You're talking to a sports boy, mate. Yeah. I don't care what you call him. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, boy, I have to blurt it out, uh, bleep yeah. out half the things I was going to say. But yeah. no, he um, I just don't like him as a bloke, yeah. and I'm a big thing, especially with my keeper side. Don't like picking players you don't like. No, I don't like picking players I don't that's like. Fair, that's so, fair. Uh, but he does look like that bulking forward. I'm intrigued to see what happens when Texan retires when he gets the number one defender. It's good to see you have morals. I'm just a point merchant. I don't care how I get them. <laughs> There's always exceptions to the rule, but the goey, yeah. the goey never makes his way in either. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right. Uh, Cam Zerhar is the next one I will talk about. So, 76 points. He went to the midfield in the second half and got a heap of clearances. So, like, he was actually, like, not just playing the midfield, but really effective. Like, wasn't huge in terms of possessions, but the type of player that just bullet through, got the foot in the boot, uh, ball in the boot, and then just moved it forward for the team and uh, got into their forward 50, which really helped them win the game in the end. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised on the back of that if he spends more time on that. And I think in average, well, not an average, but like random sporadic scores in the 70s aren't out of the realms of possibility for Cam Zerha. That's oh, all. I actually think they're, again, one of my players in, I say five out of my seven drafts, so three keepers. I think I've got him in two keepers and then yeah. three single seasons. Because people let him slide. They see him as a key forward, but he definitely gets the spurts in games that they yeah. need him to. And the thing is, he'll get those 70s, potential 80s in these games, and then he'll also have a couple of games a year where he kicks a bag. Yeah. So overall, I think that puts his average in probably the high 60s yeah. because of those ceiling games. Yeah. Yes, you'll have those flaws as well, with him, as we will with any key forward. Yeah. But he's going to be a lifelong forward. I don't think there's any, any question about that. Yeah. And that midfield minutes kind of ticks him above a good bunch, I would suggest. I think they've got another cruisy matchup this week. I think it's Hawthorne, perhaps. So I wouldn't be surprised if they give him a bit of a run in there this week. Um, if that's correct, that, that matchup is correct, then yeah, I think they could actually trial him a bit more in there this, uh, this week. Utah's, which is always interesting good as well. fantasy ground. So I'm thinking about maybe even starting him this week on the field. I did lose. Who did I lose? I lost Jack Steele, so I might have to move Cunnington or something into the midfield and I might play. 
uh, yeah, Zohar on the field. Yeah, a big game for the Roos. <laughs> I don't mind. I love it when you've got a few Roos players because then you can actually like – well, this year's probably a bit different, but previous years they've just been really hard to watch. Yep. But when you've got a few players, it just makes it so much better. <laughs> hey, Saturday night, obviously the Doggies game finished. I was feeling a bit frustrated. Chucked on the last 15 minutes yeah. of the, uh, the Frio North game. Yeah, yeah. That was a bit of a blockbuster, which yeah, you don't absolutely. hear too often about yeah. North Melbourne games. No, it was so. great. So, yeah, no, starting to enjoy watching them this year. Uh, Braden Campbell had 76 points. Not looking spectacular, but just good to see him really get some development into him, playing some games, playing his like, natural halfback role um, and just not looking lost out there. I know they had a big win and it was easy for him, but, uh, yeah, he's just a player I like um, going forward in the future. Just rated him since his draft year and, and it's just been a tough side to crack mm-hmm. and just good to see him uh, getting some of the pill uh, this week. But uh, Kane Farrell had a solid 75 off halfback flank. Uh, he's a player that's improving. What else have I got here? Just a few ones to round had the one port player, mate. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, he did have it in there. Um, I just I thought he'd be so much better this year. But again, this was a game that got smashed and he still scored okay. So, yeah. it wasn't too bad. Uh, Liam Henry actually had some points this week. Um, 75, yeah, from his game. Just continuing that wing roll. I think it's beyond the point where we're excited about a Liam Henry on the wing because like it's we're seeing it happen, but still no scores coming. Agreed. But just good to see him get one, like a seventy-five to throw in there. For the owners, yeah, exactly. Um, like we're kind of just rounding out some reliable scorers here. So Jarman Impy as well, um, seventy-three points. He's going to be good for a seventy most week, playing that halfback role as well. Great. Uh, one I like the look of yesterday was Massimo D'Ambrosio. Um, only sixty-five points, but. In the second half, he kind of really got going and just kind of... He's got a nice leg, hit up a few kind of good kicks and things like that. I don't so. know if you heard on the podcast, but we uh, made some calls pre-season and DC said that he thought he was going to be the, the biggest boom of the year, yeah. uh, which we thought was super left to field. And, of course, a lady in Massimo D'Ambrosio, DC's yeah, yeah. going crazy in the group <laughs> chats. So, yeah. I'm sure uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot more chatter about him, but he did look good. He's going to be good. I don't know if he'll be the biggest of the year, but, uh, yeah, there's a few candidates out we there. We thought it was a big shout, <laughs> but, uh, hey, he, he, he's going to be up and about after that performance, I would have thought. Especially yeah. in this space, he's going to be. Um, it's just a hard side to crack with, the, and, and a hard kind of role to crack when you've got McGraths and Redmonds oh, and Ridleys. I guess the, the kind of positives, and if you call this positive, Zerk Thatcher went down, so that kind of opens up a up a spot. Also, Heppel subbed out of the game and. Looked like he wasn't too impressed about that as well. No, so, do we think then Ridley plays tall with Zerk Thatcher down, and that might give someone like a D'Ambrosio a bit more of a run at it? Yeah, I you know, block your ears all the Ridley owners out there. You might not want to hear that, but I think that could be the case. Yeah, um, we know he can play both roles just as as well. So, I have to wait and see what happens there. But yeah, like like I said, he's got a good leg on him, so he's probably the one you want distributing and not locking down D'Ambrosio. So, D'Ambrosio can't even say his name right. <laughs> uh, and look, Sam Berry, just one I want to talk about. He only had fifty five. Points. Is he just not fitting into the Crows' style of play that they're trying to implement at the moment? What uh, do you reckon? I went big on him off-season. Yeah. I brought him into my side, and it has been a real shame and a struggle to watch. I, I can't quite put my finger on it. Again, I saw only sporadic parts of this, but he just... I don't know what's changed. That's the bit that I, I think with Rankin and Rochelle getting more time, uh, similar kind of explosiveness. I think yeah. that's probably what we saw a bit of from Sam Berry last year. But his tackling is his best trait. So to have him not spending as much time in there, it doesn't seem like a good play. I think like we're seeing as well, just like less contest after contest after contest where he gets those big tackle numbers. Mm. I think it's just kind of like the ball's getting away from him and then like there's nothing for him to actually do, I think, a bit as well. So I don't know. Um, I've still got faith. Because he, he might just be like a bit of a regression from, you know, a big breakout year and just expecting things to come to him and he has to work a bit harder to 
get on the outside a bit more, work a bit harder for the next contest, that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah I'm holding the faith. But. Maybe just finding his place with, with these extra guys coming yeah, exactly. into the contest potentially, yeah. just because it is a big change for the side. I mean, we saw the Crows struggle round one, mind you. Yeah. They, a lot of guys had a massive uptick yeah. this week. Hopefully, it just takes one more week and uh, Barry owners will be happy all over again. And they, Yeah, and they couldn't just keep playing that slow contested style of play. They had to do something different. So, yeah, he's probably just the loser in all of that. That's all. And we'll move on to some uh, rookies uh, next. So, the you know, uh, the one kind of to two-year players that have, you know, played under 20 games is what I try to keep it at. But uh, most of them are debutants or, you know, debutants last week. Harry Sheasel. Oh, my God. I don't think you, you're not allowed to talk about him, mate. <laughs> no, nah, he's too good for the podcast, too, too surely. No one's – everyone's like got him, like snapped him up. That halfback role, like it's real, isn't it? Like – He's a fourth highest fantasy player right now. It's fourth nuts. highest scoring fantasy player in his second game. It's incredible. Uh, just incredible. I He's actually breaking all my projections because the only data I've got is like a one eighteen and a one twenty two. So I've got like nothing else to like <laughs> to like do it with like. I don't think we can talk about him anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there's there's no doubt if you picked up Sheasel year one, you'd be yeah. stoked right about it. I think now. with my projections he came out to be projected to score 144 this week, and I'm like, he's just broken it. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. I need him to actually like play at some more venues, play against some more teams, so I've got more data to work with. I'd like to see what like, year two looks like. Yeah, We're going to start exactly. seeing this 200-point average. 300. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of stuff. I think it will come back to earth. It just needs more data to feed off. But, yeah, geez, he's uh, scoring pretty well at the moment. Um, will Ashcroft, a uh, lot better performance this week. So, I guess Port last week, were uh, they're a very tough fantasy. I think Collingwood and Port are the two hardest teams to score against, and they played each other this week. But, uh, yeah, so he had 90 points this week. It was a lot better. Um, there is a lot of congestion in that. Brisbane midfield, I guess. And we've seen probably Dunkley not hit the heights as we thought he would. McCluggage has just, just gone missing. Mm-hmm. I think we might see a bit of a spread among the midfielders a bit more um, this season. But look, Will Ashcroft, being a young player, being the kind of calibre of draft pick he was as well, he's definitely going to be a gun for the future. Um, did you watch the Carlton John game? I did. Yeah, Ollie Hollands, what did you make of his game? Uh, it was much better than the week before. Absolutely. Mind you, in saying that, I actually was hot on his game the week before. I thought he looked good. The efforts yeah. were there. I think at halftime or just after the first half, he had the most Ks clocked on the ground, yeah, which yeah. is what you want to see from these young guys. Yeah. And there's no doubt that that works. I think the game suited him a bit better. Yeah. And you could just see that first game, I guess, either the jitters or just feeling more comfortable at the speed of the game. Yeah. He's working his way into it. He's, he's clearly playing out on a wing, which we know is never the most most friendly of roles yeah. but definitely took another step in the right direction given, his, there, given so. his tank though like mm. he, there might be scope one day if he puts on a bit of size to play on the inside I know it's a deep midfield but like he's the type of guy that can run all day and just follow the footy around so I don't know I think it's probably just a young midfield like there's not anyone that, although Ed Curry yeah. has been having a bit of a run on oh, the we'll other wing about and then inside soon, but, but yeah, um, yeah. until he leaves I think the rest yeah. of the guys probably have a good few years in them so yeah. anyway uh, there's definitely no doubt that uh, he looked good in that side and he made a big stride from week one to two yeah. with a tank. He yeah. should be playing pretty consistently. Yeah. It was just I think it was just good for people to see him actually, you know, show him what he can do and not be so lost in a game type yeah. thing. Um, the other one is Anthony uh, I can't even say his name. Kaminiti? Kaminiti? I can't even say his name. I haven't watched Saints yet, so I need to, <laughs> need to listen to the commentary. Um, he had seventy nine points, so he kicked two goals. Just a young key forward. Not that I love it. It's probably more of a tip of the cap for the rookie. Um, just yeah, the role's probably not great. Plus there's gonna be a few keys coming back and all that sort of stuff. I know we're thinking long term, but he might be just a bit of a gap filler at the moment. He uh, he deserves a mention after the performance. Yeah, but, uh, I listened to the post match interview with him and Matthias Philippou, yeah. uh, and they had really good chats. Uh, obviously, Philippou super highly touted, no doubt pedigree. Caminiti, on the other hand, as they mentioned, was basically a, a late 
preseason supplementary. Yeah, and that's training. probably due to the lack of tools as well. Yeah, yeah, apparently the story goes that he told on on uh, Saturday night was that uh, Jack Silvani mentioned it to Soss, who's obviously now at St Kilda. Yeah, and then they got a trial from that, and then they brought him in. So okay. with their lack of tools at the moment, he certainly I, I don't think he'll be in the side by the time these boys all come back. Yeah, but if he keeps putting performances like that, you'd be you'd be expecting someone like Ross to um, keep him in the side and just keep rewarding the efforts. He's one I'm considering classic, just given the break even. Yeah, uh, we won't go too far into that game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a new section this week, um, which I thought these kind of guys feel. I didn't know where to put these guys if they weren't breakouts, but they weren't rookies and all that sort of stuff. So I'm calling them the, the B2Ps. So the guys that have, uh, if, if anyone's listened to the podcast before, we have too good for the podcast. And when guys are once too good for the podcast, but they get shit enough to come back, we call them B2Ps, back to the podcast. So these are guys that have come back to the podcast this year, given their average last year, um, uh, or they, they are coming back this year because they're not scoring too well. But uh, whether we think we, they can turn it around or whatnot, but... Uh, Jacob Hopper is back to the podcast just given his average injury affected last year. I think we can almost make him too good for the podcast again, but um, it was just good to see him have like a big game for the Tigers in a new club. We know he's like a tough inside player. And he probably doesn't have that huge ceiling, but I think like, you know, 110 type thing is probably one of the biggest scores you're going to get from him throughout the year. But um, just good to see him just kind of play his part in a new club, I think. I think Warple's the best kind of comparison we already mentioned. Yeah. I think the odd ceiling game, but pretty well minimal floor these days. He's just going to do his role, especially at the Tigers, not fantasy friendly in general, but uh, the role is there. He'll get a lot of the pill. Safest houses. Yeah. Another guy who's come back recently is Dylan Shield. Um, had 103 points on the weekend. Kicked two goals and it was against Gold Coast with a lot of mids. But I think he was a second high scorer for Essendon. But just wait and see what it's like against some tougher opposition, I yeah. think, with him. Especially with uh, Setterfield probably being in favour at the moment. That's great. Um, Brad Hill had 99 points. Um, I assumed he was on the wing for most of them. I didn't see the game. but Yeah, yeah. No surprise there. Yeah. Um, and then just... <laughs> Opposite wing to uh, Mason Wood, and there seems to be a lot more of a consistent role there. Yeah. The hard part as well is you're looking, he's a defender forward right now, so super valuable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Does he keep either, both, probably not. neither? No, neither, next probably year? next year. That's where But it's- given his age, he's the type that you pat out your side in for a flag kind of tilt, so here's just one to kind of look at there. Um, and it is, it is a legit strategy in keeper leagues to maybe cash in someone who might not play this year, you know, a young gun with future potential. I'm just trying to think of one of the top of the- In my list, I've got someone like Jack Carroll from Carlton who could okay. be a gun one day that someone might have their eyes on and willing to get rid of you know a Brad Hill because he's going to retire in the next few and swap around that sort of stuff um, so there's there's a bit of a strategy in that if you want to target those kind of players because you get more points for their value if that makes sense great yeah yeah um, Cole Langford had five goals and 97 points um, he's not kicking five against too many other sides I don't think and he, he looked like a sole forward this week almost like lead out of the goal square type thing so yeah, he didn't go up to any wings or anything like that. No, I watched those closely. Langford's so. a guy that I've always targeted pretty well in my keepers because he's a lifelong forward, but yeah. he tends to have those spurts through the midfield. Yeah. Now we see Will Setterfield, he, that's the role that he was coming in yeah. for historically. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously they're missing guys like Jackie Stringer at the moment, so he's yeah. getting stuck there. At one point he went behind the ball. I was yeah. listening to the commentary and he went behind the ball at one yeah. stage, which threw me a little bit. So I'm not particularly sure yeah. why. I think it was late in the game when Essendon kicked away a little bit. And even on their wings, like they were playing Heppel, Durham's coming and just taking a wing roll. And then Heppel was on there a lot and then Heppel got subbed out for Guelphie who played on the wings a lot as well. So, like, yeah, it just didn't seem like they wanted to use him anywhere near the midfield. So, it was all forwards. Um, yeah, I'm not sure so where yeah. Nick Cox is at at the moment, but I know yeah. someone that was touted. And, and Nick Martin's another one who's not used, being used on the wings at all either. Like, yeah. he was a lot in the forward line too. So, Great. it's interesting. But, um, yeah, so Cole Langford, kind of getting back to the point. I just don't love it because I think it was just a favourable matchup. That's all I'll say. It's gone, I, I think... 
we're used to seeing him put up a pretty high score for a guy who plays majority forward. Yeah. But now he's going to lose that bit of mid-clock that he was getting. Yeah. He's going to have a bit of a regression this year, I believe. I think so, too. Um, Seb Ross had 92 points. Um, he was dropped in a lot of leagues last season. Uh, Bytel was out. I think he's going to be back this week if they play him. Winhager was the sub. But now Steele's come, gotten injured as well. So, Seb Ross might be the kind of second fiddle in there for a few weeks. So, it's yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. But I don't mind... I don't mind picking up Seb Ross if you need someone to kind of replace Steele or something like yeah, that. Yeah, fourth in CBAs this week. I was just double checking. Obviously, Steele out. I mean, Gresham had a really high amount of CBAs, which surprised me yeah. a little bit. I, yeah. I would have thought Steele was, um, yeah. Ross was potentially above that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I completely agree. I've actually been pretty interested in him even in redrafts because yeah. I think he always plays that fourth mid role if yeah. he keeps his body right. Yeah. You're right. He's a bit older. He's and only Saints want to keep winning. Left. It's not like they want to be developing too much. They're going to want to put the, play the best team. And I think when he's at the top of his game, he's in their best side so yep. yeah um Seb Ross is probably just one to keep a look keep an eye on um Hunter Clark what was his role in this game he's got 21 yeah five CBAs as well yeah um, again super flexible and I'm intrigued to see what it looks like with I think he's the exact same he's going to have an, uh, an uptick, uptick in CBAs week, yeah. with, with Jack Steele out for the yeah. next month I think we're excited for him there's yeah. no doubt we've always expected a bit of mid clock from him he's had a bit more time on the half back line they found guys like a Stocker and a, and a Wanganin Malira to make that role their own so it's allowed him to kind of have a bit more flexibility I think it's been up and down for that reason though he almost yeah. plays the role as to whoever's whoever's having their rest. Yeah. Uh, but for the next month, it looks really good. And I think career-wise, he'll keep that defender status. I think he's playing enough on the halfback flank uh, to really give a shout for long-term Yeah, going success. forward. Yeah. One I forgot to talk about earlier, but... Mitch Owens, he's another one that could kind of come into that midfield mix a bit more. What was his game like? Uh, he's been playing predominantly forward, yeah. which is really interesting at the moment. I think he's kicked three both weeks yeah. from memory. Yeah. Um, he's so good at forward too. Like, he can take a grab. Like, he's pretty tall. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, Windhager's kind of taken that role as, as that midfield for, uh, midfield tagger. They use Machito a little bit as that half-forward tagger. They were tagging a lot of the yeah, half-backs okay. with him last year. Yeah. Haven't seen that this year. I think we're going to see less of that with Ross. Yeah. Uh, but he's looked good as a forward. Yeah, so, he's, he's scoring well. I think he had a... High 70s and now 90 this week. So, yep. yeah, not too bad. Half forward, but definitely still capable of playing almost a tall half forward role. Um, maybe that third tall while they're really short of, of forwards. Yeah. Um, and Yago Mira has come back to the podcast. I think he'll be too good for the podcast soon. But he had 89 points. I guess the interesting thing was he just went forward late and kicked two goals. So, just keep an eye on, you know, if they start using the forward. You know, if he gets that 35% starting a forward, that's forward status. So it looked, He actually looked good to their, uh, oh, just, Yeah, their forward line is just an absolute rabble. Yep. Like and it was just kind of good to see him go up there and actually just yeah put a few through and just kind of settle the ship a little bit. Nathan made his preseason call that Nat Fife was going to be a top six forward this year, which yeah. we laughed at him. And but I posted in our group chat on Saturday night. I said I think Yago Amira is going to be a top six yeah. forward if he keeps this mid mid clock and and performances up yeah. and gets slotted in there. Well, he played forward last year. It's probably unlucky not to get you know DPP this year. Yeah. Like just probably fell under that thirty five percent threshold. Yep. But yeah, he could get it this year. Keep an eye on that one. Very much. Um, and I guess uh, Nick Blake, he he's was. Too good for the podcast for about four weeks, I reckon, before he came back last year. But um, he's going to be there again pretty soon. Um, slow start this week, but really got a stack of it in the third and then the last quarter as well. So, um, 81 points, kind of finished with a respectable score. So. Bit of junk time, might I add, uh, oh, against that's a 100-point 100, 100 yeah, yeah. margin against the Hawks isn't going to happen Sydney. every week. They love their junk. That's why Jake Lloyd's been a good fantasy scorer his whole career. This is true. Anyway, uh, that wraps up the most of the players we're going to talk about in that section. Um, we'll just jump in and talk about membership. So, um, yeah, if you want to support the podcast, uh, please consider 
consider joining as a member. Um, we've got the CBA numbers up there now coming in weekly, kick in numbers. And they're not just numbers, they're trends. So we don't actually just post the, we do you know, we do post the raw numbers, but we also look at, you know, who's had the most biggest increase over the last three weeks or who's averaging the most this week or um, this week versus last week, all that sort of stuff. Um, same with the kick-ins too, very similar um, trends there. We've also got State League Fantasy scores starting up with the VFL on the weekend and everyone likes to see the breakout tracker as the season progresses and how the young players are trending against the uh, top players at their position. So, uh, yeah, each week we read out 10 gold members. So thank you to Josh Gallo, Tim N, uh, Daniel Luchev, Turnbuckle, Fletcher DeMauer, uh, Brett Johnston, Adam Lavaz, Tom Seagram, Evan Brumby and Ryan Daniels, the uh, the goat. <laughs> I did see that name on there. I was like, it's a yeah, pretty yeah. popular name. But yeah. uh, what do you want? That's oh, it. That's it. He's loves supporting the show. He, he does get around the fantasy community. I reckon he's a it's member good. of all of them. But uh, yeah, it's good to actually see uh, yeah a few celebrity names pop up there. That's it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, there's also other ways to show your support if you uh, can't uh, if you're not in a position to jump up and sign up financially. Um, if you follow our YouTube channel, actually, that'd be really handy. Or just retweet our stuff, or give us a follow on the socials. Any sort of that stuff um, helps grow the podcast. So yeah, I appreciate the. Support support in any way all right we're going to move on to a section i like to call mr consistent um these are the guys that are never probably going to be too good for the podcast but they're handy to own because they pop up every now and then um and we'll get stuck straight into because i'm really intrigued about this guy didn't see the game but hayden crozier as a dog's man what do you make of his game i think well this is where it gets really hard right because he had a great game but the doggies did not so this is where I'm not really keen on any of the dogs right now because Bevo is going to have to do something. He came out and said he was going to do something... Um, innovative. Innovative, <laughs> which was an interesting word. Uh, yeah. and, and I don't know what that means, yeah. but it can't continue the way that it did. I think Cross with 10 marks is probably not something I expect to see every week. Yeah. I, it always impressed me. I enjoyed the trade when he came over just because I think he can almost... He can be part of that link-up play, but when we've got a Caleb Daniel and a Bailey Dale and an Ed Richards, he obviously plays a bit taller than them. Yeah. Uh, he... I don't know that there's that role for all of them. Caleb Daniel had a massive uptick in CBAs this week, which they talked about. I don't know why. I, I kind of look at if it's not broken, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah. Why have we moved him at all? Yeah. So I wonder how much if he gets pushed back, that does affect quite how much of the ball that Crow's got this week. We actually had a uh, question from AJS Hawker this week. Um, are you selling all your doggies before Bevo gets innovative? <laughs> what do you think? Uh, AJS is in the, I think he's, yeah, in, he's, he's, in, he's in, in my league. He's everywhere. He's in my hat check league. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. He's been part of a few group chats with me. And yeah. uh, look, I, I don't know about selling, but uh, I definitely be keeping him as a, a watchful eye. Oh, it depends who it is. You know, I, I don't think McRae's got a lot of value right now because his last couple of yeah. games and lower CBAs. So I wouldn't be selling because I think the chances are he actually probably benefits from something innovative. Okay. I, can't, I can't see something being more negative. A lot like of, a lot of uh, I should listen to the draft doctors this morning. They were a bit worried about it. So, yeah. yeah. I think it goes the opposite way. For someone like a McRae, because I don't know what other role he really plays well. That's, yeah. that's the way I look at yeah, a lot not, of Yeah, not guys. well. They'll stick him forward and he won't do anything or that's on a wing. Right. But yeah. Whereas, you know, they said Bont was going to be a lot more mid-clock. Is that on, innovative though or is that just going back to the normal? Well, I know. <laughs> I, and there's a very good question. Yeah, yeah. I think for my, my view as a supporter goes, whilst we haven't maybe hit the heights that the list maybe should have, we've yeah. still had winning seasons. We've still been making finals. Yeah. So maybe let's go to what was working and then tweak that rather than go to a four-tall forward line. Yeah, yeah, Caleb yeah, yeah, fair. I think we've changed every facet of the game almost. Yeah. So maybe go back to the basics for a lot of it and then innovate in, in small ways, not such massive ones. I've got a feeling that Bevo is going to lose his job before Ken Hinckley does. A guy who's won a flag and made another grand final and- He'll let last nowhere near as long as Ken Hinckley has done nothing. But anyway, uh, look, I think but people still right. come to rush to Ken Hinckley's, uh, you know, to save him. 
Don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of Bevo. First flag in 56 years. But it has been seven years since that now. And many would argue we've underperformed in that time. Oh, I'm I'm with you. I want both of them out. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, the the media, like Kane Corns in particular, comes really hard at Bevo, but uh, not for Ken. But anyway, just pull the pressure on. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, James Aish, 94 points. Um, I'll try to scoot through these a bit quicker. Just um, He's just part of the midfield group on that wing. Just a handy player to own. Um, Ben Brown kicks bags of goals quite often um, he's kind of like what the main key forward up there at the moment um, 93 points I think he had 80 last week as well so he's just a handy one to have in there again won't be 2G4P with the way he fluctuates but just handy to own don't rate the shaved head though might I add I like it you than like the it. sideshow bob look it's I'm, something- I'm a shaved head man myself so, uh- <laughs> don't get me wrong I like the shaved head look just not on Benny Brown I yeah. don't know can someone can someone message in what happened at Melbourne this year because Ed Langdon there's about yeah. six of the boys have all I gone with the shaved ben head Ben Brown was for charity I know that Which, one and, so, you know, that's yeah. fine I reckon, I reckon I reckon it's way better than the yeah, Sideshow Bob clown uh, hair. But something, anyway. about it, something about it. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Bailey Fritch, uh, 87 points. He's good when he kicks goals. Uh, I think he's got a couple, a few in this game. Um, Liam Ryan's a player I always like to own as just a loophole slash streamer option. It's a, probably a bit different these days with West Coast being more terrible. But when they were up and about in those premiership years, really liked owning him just because, yeah, when he was up and about, he just kicked, you know, bags of, you know, three or four, put up a 90 and really handed it own. So, again, he did that on the weekend, essentially. But um, oh, actually, I don't think he kicked one, but scored pretty well anyway. Yeah, but um, one I liked owning as a streamer. Wouldn't put him on the field, but he's one I'm thinking of there. Um Aaron Norton, again, too up and down to be too good for the podcast, but handed it own. 79 points. What did you make of his game? Uh, yeah, again, in a game that we played very poorly, we kicked almost all of our goals in a six-minute period at the end of the second quarter. Yeah. So to score well in a game that we were terrible and kicked six in total, um, I think that's a performance. There's no doubt. Everyone knows what Astro brings to the game. That role is not going to be changing too much. He's just going to be that target man up forward. And yep. there'll be weeks where he kicks bags. And there's weeks that he might score particularly well when he has to come up the ground to get a lot of the ball too. Yeah. Um, Sam Powell Pepper, 78 points. He just does that most weeks, like around the 80 mark. So he's pretty handy. Same with John Noble. I think he turned up last week, but another 77. That's pretty handy too. I dropped him I dropped him in one of my keeper leagues this year. Are you regretting it or not? Very much. He's coming out with a ton last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then a 77 this week. I he's just a, he's a diamond doesn't type though. There's a lot of him yeah. out there. Like a lot of players like him that kind of go around that 80 mark or high 70s at a defender. But yep. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just think I'd, he's always been a favourite just playing here at West Adelaide, like being a good sample scorer, yeah. getting picked up in a mid-season draft, playing I, pretty well. I was a little worried just job security. Obviously, Nick Dacos is kind of a lock at the back of the contest, which is where I kind of saw John Noble potentially progressing in his first year. Yeah. Uh, he's obviously not going to be able to do that anymore. So, yeah. But he's still managing to find the scores. Uh, another one I like is Ben Ainsworth. Um, 70 points, and he gets that, like I think he went on a stretch last week where it was like eight or nine weeks where he got 70 plus each week. It was always around 70, but yeah, just handy to have. What I like about him as well, like he can be doing absolutely nothing, like beyond 30 or whatever and then all of a sudden he kicks like a couple goals and gets a few marks and sets up a few players and stuff like that and gets to that 70 so yeah I I like, it's like I've given you a list of my players just to increase <laughs> their value mate. I appreciate yeah, it no problems mate. <laughs> time, I'm slipping through uh, the next section uh, tip of the caps just guys who scored well but I wouldn't expect it regularly um Jake Waterman had 110 points. I used to love him like as a forward option, but you've kind of just shown that he gets thrown around in too many different roles that he's not consistent enough. But 110 points, kick four goals in a win. I don't think we're going to see a win or four goals from a player very often at West Coast this <laughs> no, season. No, so. true. But yeah. I do think uh, definitely an uptick with uh, without JJK. Yeah, true. So yeah. Uh, he looked really good yesterday. Yeah. From watching the game, Jake Waterman impressed me. Um, I think he might have went at the midfield a couple of times as well mm. last in the game as well. So, yeah, interesting there. Um, Aiden Coy had 101 points. Just 
Frio have no good inside targets. And like I think we saw Saints last week just absolutely mop up as well um, in this area too. So, yeah, Cora 10 marks. Anytime a defender, key defender has 10 marks, they just go massive. So, yep. yeah. Um, and, just, you know, generally when you take 10 marks, you've got 10 kicks as well. So, you chip around and you had 17 kicks. So, yeah, no, it's an easy like 70 points, you know, 60, 70 points from that really. Um, Sam Collins had 91 points. Again, 11 marks against Essendon. So, yeah, it goes pretty well. But uh, not one I'm liking each week. Joel Amati, I feel a bit, I feel a bit stiff putting him down here, Joel Amati. But like, look, Buddy was out. He kicked four goals against a nothing opposition. Yeah. I'm just tipping the cap for that one. What do you think? Am I being too harsh on Amati? No, the Amati party is not back. Yeah. I have heard that a little bit this morning and last <laughs> yeah. night. Uh, he did look good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and to be fair, he probably deserves to keep his I spot up. I think he got subbed out so. of the game. Yeah. I so, okay. Yeah. I don't know. really know what to make of that. Yeah. I was I was playing soccer at the time and I remember looking at halftime yeah. and going, hey, boys, who brought in Joel Amati this week? <laughs> they all laughed at me yeah, until yeah. they saw his score. So. Yeah. No, he went all right. But yeah. um, like I said, buddy out. Um, and yeah, did get subbed out. So I don't know what to make of that. Um, ben Patton, uh, 87 points. Um, just so many players like him at St Kilda. He's just too up and down, but yep. can score okay at times, but more of a tip of the cap, I think. Then uh, Alex Keith and Josh Bruce. Don't yeah, don't rate them either, but just scored well on the weekend. They're both going to play as key defenders. I think Josh yep. Bruce is interesting because he will be a defender forward for you this year come round six. Yeah, true that. Actually, it's probably it's probably more on the St Kilda, similar type thing on the to Frio where they just don't have good key targets. So yep. maybe some of these defenders will go better against um, against uh, St Kilda as well. So, agreed, yeah. agreed. I just think, yeah, like I said, I brought in Josh Bruce probably real late. No one no one had Josh Bruce on a radar, but defender forward in a deep draft where you haven't got much uh, free agency flexibility, yep. I think that's a big, big positional uh, benefit out of that. And the last one in this section is uh, Joe Danaher. So 82 points. He should have kicked. You know, he kicked four goals, but he should have kicked five or six. I reckon. You I could say that about two. Joe Dana every yeah, game of every year, mate. True, true. <laughs> and I think the the power going out, uh, not at the MCG the following day. Uh, everyone's made that joke this week at <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Gabba. Um, I think it just kind of threw a lot of players off. Really, like they just kind of mm. weren't really keen. Well, Brisbane in particular, they almost lost like in the end. So like, yeah, it just kind of stuffed him up a little bit because he probably should have turned up the way he was playing because yeah. he had two shots early in the fourth and then the power went out. So that's it. I saw yeah. uh, Alan uh, Aaron Delaporte uh, news say. Stats. He was on the traders the other yeah, week. Yeah. He did post uh, something about uh, Brisbane's performances against the power. Yeah, and then obviously had their, <laughs> their last quarter efforts against yeah. Melbourne included, which I thought was great. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, so yeah, Joey Danaher. Don't think he's ever going to be too good, but uh, pretty handy to own. I'm probably going to have to start him this week, given some injuries in my side. So mm-hmm. I'm not hating that particularly because it's against the dogs. Yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, the fossil watch. Um, so the fossils, uh, the veterans, basically, I like to um, target. If you're contending for a flag, because, yeah, the same kind of thing we talked about earlier, you can get give up good young players that probably aren't playing yet and are scoring you zeros each week um, for guys who are going to score big each week. So, you can get some good value here. So, the guys I think you should be targeting are um, Dane Zorko is one of them. Yep. I think he's probably getting close to... I think he's like 34, 35 now, getting on a bit. Yeah. Is he that old? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's definitely, yeah. definitely in the last couple of years yeah. of uh, of his career. And I think the interesting part is the score was pre-sub as well. He got subbed out did late. He? Yeah, okay. Not, not I had injured. Work Friday. You, yeah. could, you could just oh, see. Oh, no, I do. Yeah, I did see the end of this. You yeah. could just see that. Uh, I was going to say how late because with that power outage, I think that game <laughs> finished at 11 o'clock our yeah, time. No, but, I uh, did see the end, like, very end of it, yeah. The work rate he was putting in, he was everywhere. So they subbed him out just before the power went yeah. out. Not through any injury, just I think as load management after coming 
coming back in the side. So that 116 could have been a 140 had he played the full um, yeah. the full game. Just looked hungry. looked like he wanted. I think, you know, a few of these, that's, that, that's my kind of reasoning for trading in Rich as well. It's like, I think a few of these older boys are going to be real hungry for a flag at Brisbane and they're going to just give everything this year. So I think uh, Zorko probably falls in that category as well. Um, Jack Zebel, 109 points. I'm going to have to make him too good for the podcast. Like, I know, we, like, for those who've been following, Aaron Hall had a monster game in the twos. But I think Sheasel plays his role now. So, like, it doesn't really matter. Zebel's, like, got that good leadership. But what Dossie likes to call observable thirst, um, like, calls for the ball when he has no right to be going for it. But like, they, they listen to him and they kick it to him. Like, he's just standing in a pocket, like, 15 metres away. He's like, yep, come on, yeah. Yep. Give it to him. And they're in the same spot. They're stuck in the same situation. But um, it is very noticeable with North that under Clarko, they are a bit more possessive with the footy. Um, they, they don't panic as much. They're more than happy to chip around and wait for something to happen. And that's why I think Aaron Hall doesn't get a look in. doesn't matter how good frenetic. he plays in the twos, yeah. unless they see an injury or something like yeah. that. I think Sheezer was just doing it so well. Yeah, you might see him come in like when Sheezman needs a rest or yes. whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think at the moment, Shears was that dash off halfback, the kind of real runner, the real line breaker. Zeeble's more of that kind of possessor, decision maker type. Um, takes all the kick-ins as well at the moment. So yeah, I think I'm going to have to make him too good for the podcast again. Uh, briefly mentioned earlier though, Ed Kerno. Um, so he got, I think he had the most CBAs for Carlton this week. 104 points. Is it? Is this just flow on from Hewitt being out though? Like kind of played a tag or accountable type role. Is that, is that what you see it as? Or do you think there's something to more to Ed Kerno? I'm kind of sitting on the fence and I don't want to sit on the fence with the listeners because yeah. uh, it's one of those ones that I've always enjoyed Ed Kerno. He's always been someone you could pick up pretty late. He'd do a I job for you. he's a premiership player for me back in 2018. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. yeah. And, and then he's stepped away from that and I didn't think they'd need him to ever come back into that role. But yeah. obviously Hewitt and Walsh out has just kind of the maybe it's been forced. Yeah. And then I, I don't think if you're Carlton and you're trying to – uh, it's not like you're in this premiership window right now. You're trying to improve your side. You're trying to get yourself yeah. to Although that I think level. they probably think they're close. They're close, that's yeah, right. Yeah. And I think if you're close, you're not playing Ed Kerno in there. You're playing yeah. Walsh and, and Hewitt when he's back. Yeah. So I think it might be a short stint. Yeah. But uh, he definitely looks good enough to be in that side. Yeah. And when he's in that side, he's going to play wing or midfield. You know so. you're going to get 100% from him. Like, gives everything. And, like, even if he sits at a half-forward role and plays that kind of pressure forward role, he'll do that, like, pretty well for the side. But, yeah. We talked about Benny Brown's hair, though. Ed needs to sort that out. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon it's something with the curly hair and the shaved head. You don't like it. You want to see the fro. Something like that. <laughs> uh, Charlie Dixon, uh, won't talk about him too much, but he had 85 points. He looks like he's just goal kicking. He's on at the moment. He's getting ruck time. He's the main target up forward. Uh, Georgie Artis is doing nothing. Marshall was okay, but doesn't kind of have that same kind of dominance, that presence up there, I guess. Mm-hmm. So Charlie Dixon's one I'm liking, given he's a bit older. Shannon Hearn just takes a heap of kick-ins, 82 points. Someone you'll get super cheap if you're chasing a flag. I'm just, I've said this over and over again, but being a West Coast player, if they're like, if they're losing by shitloads in the season, they're bottom of the ladder or something like that, he could step away mid-season. That's my, like give someone else a go. Yeah. Um, that's what I worry about. Seems with like him. that kind of guy. Yeah. He's a very, I reckon he's a very team orientated kind of guy. So I'm just worried about that. But while he's in there, he'll score pretty well. And uh, Paddy Dangerfield kind of, I thought he might be more up forward this year, but he's still playing that inside role. Um, scored 86 points though. So still a handy one to own. Like, yeah, another one you can get cheaper. Um, if you yeah, if you're trying to go for a flag or whatever, Kays would be pretty unhappy at the amount of uh, CBAs he took away from Bruin this week. <laughs> yeah, geez, uh, yeah, a bit different uh, game for Bruin, that's for sure. Um, well, we won't get too far. He didn't even make the show doc this week. <laughs> I, had a, I had a good laugh last week. It was it was good to see Kays getting fired up. So, <laughs> oh god, yeah, he loves getting fired up. I think uh, DC probably bit DC's head off on Twitter. But for those who didn't see it, uh, it was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, we all good laugh, mate. Um, 
Let's let's get into the listener questions. We'll finish off the show. Um, at Jargrelin is asking: um, Is Ethan Hughes capped at sixties in this Frio backline? Doesn't seem like he's worth holding. Ethan Hughes is a guy that I've just loved the idea of for years, but because uh, he will have a few games where he doesn't have to play lockdown and he can kind of get off the chain a bit. He was even used on the wing a little bit this week, or started at the wing at least. Anyway, um, the CBAs. Um, there's something I do kind of play close attention to because you don't get stats on him. So, yeah, it kind of does push up the ground. I like the idea of him more than the actual eventuality. What do you think? Yeah, obviously I missed the game this week, same time as the Doggies game. Uh, But in general, from what I can see, obviously Chapman and Young in that side are just getting more of that usage. They're the youth. They're the next kind of tier as to who they're going to be moving towards. Uh, I just think he's probably, probably 60s, maybe pushes into the 70s only because of their game style. Yeah. But I don't think that he's going to be getting any more ball than he is currently. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think we, we've seen him caps. What, he do, what he's doing now is his, what Ethan Hughes does, really. Um, at Ranger J87, uh, what to do with Carl Amon? I agree with Hef at the start of the year to keep him in my side. So you should. He averaged 98 last year. <laughs> Imagine putting that in the pool. Uh, <laughs> will I be rewarded, though? So what do you reckon? Amon, oh, just, just persist. I think so. I don't yeah. think the value is not there right now yeah. to move on, and you're not going to be dropping him. He's still yeah. good enough to be keeping. It's just again, it's a new side, yeah. and, and it's a struggling side who have to find their feet. Yeah, and it's yeah not a side that can afford to like overpossess and stuff because their skills probably aren't there. They're definitely like just get it forward as quickly as possible. That's why Warple's been so good for him so far. Yep. Then he's not getting those kind of you know short kicks to the wing type thing he was getting at Port, who were a super fantasy friendly side last year yep. as well. So um, that's going to affect him a little bit, but he'll find his feet. Um, I don't think you can expect a 90-plus average, but should get back to the 80s, I reckon, once he gets going. Um, at Lizzie, uh, OKJ, okay, um, this season alone, what can Jinbi average? The CBAs in yesterday's game were very promising. What do you reckon? I think up and down. I think so too, but the role looks really, really good. They want to get as much time into him as they can, for sure. And he deserves to be there. Yeah. Like He's shown already from watching that yeah. that he, he can make that role his own. They kind of put him... Obviously, the tackling pressure is really high, so they had him on Tom Green, and obviously Green still performed quite well, yeah. maybe under some expectations with the guys that were out of the, the side. But I think that had a lot to do with how close the attention was that the GMB was paying. It wasn't a tag. It was just really close. Yeah. Um, I think I actually think he'll be pretty consistent. Like There will definitely be weeks. He's a rookie. Yeah. He's not going to be able to manage the full season without the off week. Is he an 80-plus average, though? I think he's a probable high 70s guy. Yeah, same. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, at Baxter, Nucky asks, um, what's your view on Jaden Hunt long term? You watched this game, so what do you think of his performance? Um, I saw a bit more of him this week than the week before. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. It couldn't have been couldn't have been too hard. Yeah. Um, I don't mind the role. I think if you talk about up and down, Jaden Hunt's going to be the guy that fits that bill. And I, I don't know. Maybe it's a personal view, but I'm a little worried about the job security. Yeah, we got Yo coming back in, don't we? Probably yeah. next week. I know they. I know they do want that run and dash. Off that, like that's something they've really liked. They've been a really slow side, so Hunt is obviously recruited to kind of feel that. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not. I'd want to see him back up. That's for sure. Before yeah. I'm going to get too high on it. That's it. Uh, look, I think I think he will hold his spot, but he's definitely right on that fringe. Yeah. And we've seen him as a guy who can just burn the ball and just really yeah. struggle for form. And yeah. I don't think he holds his side if he does that. Yeah, he's like a pretty similar. Oh, he's probably he's faster than Witherden. 
Yeah, no, it's probably not as similar to Witherden. I'm just trying to compare him to a player, but he does offer, like, if you look at their outside runners, like, you do have Witherden, who's not mm-hmm. super fast. you got Gaff, who's pretty slow. Um, I think he does fill a need for speed that they've got in yeah. there. But, I must um, admit, yesterday, watching the game, two guys that we haven't mentioned on here, but I was really intrigued by, was was SPS, Sam Pashansky, Seaton, and Jermaine Jones. Yeah, he scored pretty well. Really good. Jermaine Jones does that, though. He, like, will have, yeah, I probably deliberately left him off because, like, Doss would bring him up every week last year, like, or every week he did anything remotely good and it was just like no he's not getting there this but, is one um, of those that I did not pay attention to his fantasy score yeah. whatsoever but just watching the game yeah. he just impacted what was his he role? was always there he was kind of coming off the back of the yeah, stoppage and then creating and yeah. it just looks really nice so that that's someone that I think again the speed that he possesses SPS possesses yeah. when the yo's and the like come back inside yeah. easily way easy can make way for Jaden Hunt yeah true um, and the last question of the night uh, at Jared Bascal is it time to sell high on Rochelle with other coaches offering Overs. Thoughts there. It depends on the overs. Like, if you're getting a primo, maybe. So, this is what happened last year. I kind of regret it now. The start of last year, I think it was after Rochelle's first game, I got offered Tom Mitchell for Rochelle, okay. and I took it. Okay. But I probably wish I had Rochelle back right now. It's really, yeah. And yeah. again, what we, like you said, what are we talking overs? We're we talking points, yeah. or are we talking longevity? Yeah. Because Rochelle right now has to be up there with a pretty high price yeah. point on his head. Like, I don't think, yeah, I don't think you are selling high right now. I think you are selling unders. Like, I think he's got more to go, and yeah. he's already looking pretty good. I, yeah, it's very it's it's one of those questions. I'd love to know what the overs are. Yeah. And I'm happy to, on the Twitter or something like that. Let us know what kind of things you're getting offered yeah. because I would want like close, very close to a captain option for him. Like, yeah, I don't know if I'd give him up for much more than that, given the yeah. forward status and stuff like that and the scarcity there. Like, he'd have to be getting to either that kind of tier two midfield range before yeah. I'm giving him up. I reckon. Yeah, or or a top end, a top end somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, it, uh, I always something I struggle with here, and something I need your help with, mate, is that I. I always like to think I'm in the premiership window. <laughs> I always want the highest scoring players. Yeah, and I yeah. struggle to hold guys that are young knowing I can get 10 points, 20 points. It elsewhere. all depends on your league rules really. Like, and how many you keep and stuff like that. Like, I think anything over, like anything under 15, like there's really no point stashing younger players. Just keep the top scorers. Cause like you'll be able to pick similar type young players the following year. If you're really keen on them anyway, like it's almost about just keep your high scorers in, then try to target the breakouts type thing, the guys who are likely to go that next level, not necessarily your rookies, um, and then target your rookies late and hope one pops. Like you know, you, yeah. like hope you get like a Sheezel or something like that. Yeah, that does, and I think but, to that point, Rochelle yeah. definitely in your keepers list. Even if yeah. you're probably keeping ten, I'd say you're still keeping yeah, Rochelle. I think at this so stage. too. Yeah. So for that reason, you've got to be getting top tier talent back yeah. in return. I hundred, I agree. I would be pretty yeah tentative to get rid of him. That's for sure. Anyways, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Hakes, for coming on the podcast. Uh, I think it's probably your lunch break, isn't it? <laughs> That's it. We thought we'd jump in. We're, we're nice yeah. and close to work. Studio Hef can have me anytime. Yeah, mate. no, that's great. It actually works really well. Yeah, you work a street over or something like that. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, unreal. Um, all right. But yeah, do you want to plug, give Hatch out a plug? Where can we find you? Where can we listen to your stuff? Yeah, well, you can find me personally at Dunkley's Donuts on Twitter mostly. Uh, I do try to pay enough attention on there, but sometimes it's I've hard. I've noticed you're a bit, uh, it takes a while to get back to the messages. Sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but you find us at Hatch at AFL, both on Twitter and Insta. Yeah, we, we record on Monday nights, similar similar to you, mate. So yep. hopefully get it out at a similar time. Yeah. Uh, pretty classic focus, but we do have a keeper with us boys and a couple of draft leagues as well. So we try to cover as much content Some as we can. Very good fantasy minds on that podcast. That's so it. definitely worth listening. Just if you listen this week, uh, don't mind our ranks. It's been a bit of a tough week in the classic <laughs> space, mate. 
Anyone up uh, the 4,100 range? I don't actually think there is. Do you want me to come on tonight? Or? Mate, we'll see, I'll, I'll ask the boys. I'll ask the boys. <laughs> All right. All right uh, get around our stuff uh, at Keeper League Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Uh, yeah, get around Manscaped. Use Keeper20 at manscaped.com to get 20% off and free shipping. Another sponsor of the Hat Chat Boys as well. Join sponsors. Um, and yeah, get around Game Day Squad. Uh, yeah, make sure you're tuning in to my live streams on Wednesday night. I'm starting to give away a few... Uh, packs on Twitter as well so look out for my tweets um, I'll do a few challenges or a few uh, call outs I want to see some people's teams and stuff like that so nice. yeah if you uh, see one of those I might give away a pack to some of the best entrants so yeah have a look for that and uh, yeah if you want to support the podcast sign up as a member alright that's the end of the wrap up spiel and uh, we'll talk to you soon thanks Jake take it easy cheers mate